Hello, kids, it's your Auntie Kath. Now, as you probably know by now, you might hear words like f- and tw- in this podcast. Oh, and that's one of my favourites. So, if you've got little ears around, you might want to listen another time. Or, if you like, keep playing. They might just learn something. The little b****s. Esteemed deaf pals. Now, it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. <laughs> well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it... They join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life death-related anecdotes and tell us what they're taking to the grave with them. Someone you admire. Kathy Burke. Ah, shut up. <laughs> For just three ninety nine a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Or head to where there's a will, there's a wait.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Kathy Burke, and welcome to this dire dungeon within the podcast pit. And down here, you have to sleep with one eye open because it's crawling with pranksters. I've had it all. And stink bombs, whoopee cushions, knock down ginger every bloody day. And, and hang on, what the fuck? Who put cling film on my toilet seat? Grim Reaper, was that you, you wanker? Welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a wake. While we approach the afterlife, it's time to welcome our guests to my realm of wretchedness. While some podcasts like to talk about treading the boards, we chat about treading those final steps before it's all over. You know, because you're dead. And joining us today to talk about their final moments, oh my gosh, it's the wonderful Jimmy, 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 Akimbola. Kath, uh, uh, how are you doing? I am loving this podcast. How are you, Jimmy? I am great. I'm, I'm dead, but I'm great. Yes, yeah. Well, we'll get on to all that in a minute. Um, it's so lovely to see you. And I just want to explain to our listener that at the time that we're recording this, SAG, which is the Screen Actors Guild Union, mm-hmm. they're on strike, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So we have to be very uh, respectful to the strike, which we are. Yeah, solidarity, yeah. brothers and sisters. 100%. Um, so we're not really meant to talk about what you're doing at the moment and any sort of film or TV work. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about Jimmy... You can Google him. <laughs> Look him up. He's got a couple of pages there on Wikipedia, mate. And uh, But I think we are allowed to talk about when we first met because that was a theatre project. Yeah. So that's a separate union. Exactly. So, yeah. So why don't you tell the lovely listener where we first came across oh, each other? This is a great story. Um, I first met Kathy in... 2004. Wow. All right. And I remember being on the South Bank with a friend of mine, uh, Anthony Taylor and George Ege, two actors. They showed me something on their phones. They were like, Jim, they're doing a Blue Orange in uh, Sheffield. And and this is, guys, this was probably, if I'm, if I'm honest, maybe April or May, let's say that, that time of the year. 
And I was like, oh, wow, wow. Okay, let me speak to my agent. I had a great agent, but it wasn't a top, top, top agent. And let me just say, Blue Orange is a play written by Joe Pennell. Pennell, yeah, yeah. The great Joe Pennell. Fantastic writer. He's and all I'd, right. And I, <laughs> I'd seen the original at the uh, National with uh, Bill Nye, Chiwetel. And, yes, Chiwetel Ijeon 4, wasn't yeah, it? Bill yeah. Nye and uh, uh, Andrew Lincoln. That's right. So I loved it. And I originally auditioned for it when I first right. came out of drama school. And I had never seen it because I can't direct plays that I've seen yes yeah, so right. I had never seen it which was very lucky Jim exactly the both of us exactly exactly but you know what Kath after he told me I started reading the play again and sort of half just working on it and playing with it and learning it you know mm. and starts from May but then I I remember writing you a letter on this old school PC and you get told like uh, from your mentors don't over egg an email or a letter just keep it short and sweet I think Kath, <laughs> I, I sent you like a eight page essay of <laughs> saying please please give me an audition but also I remember being very passionate about your work as a director you know, obviously I gushed about your work as a crawling, actor. Crawling, crawling. Do you know what I mean? Listener, but no, crawling. people know. Listen, I don't need to list her credits. You know, this is the queen here. So I remember writing this letter and it's starting to play with the play and learn some of the scenes. Cut to, I think, Kath, if I'm, if I'm right, it was maybe I got a letter from you, I think maybe August or something. All right. You know, a card. Uh -huh. And I didn't believe it was from you. Yeah, yeah. I sent it back to my agent and go, is this real? You're like, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. And then you got me in an audition, I think, in October, November. Right, yes, because then we, and then you got the part, Jim. I did, I did. We saw lots of great actors yeah. uh, for it and we were doing it at the Sheffield Crucible. Yeah. Was where we opened, which a lot of people know for the snooker but it's actually a theatre, darlings, and uh, and then a tour. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy got the part because we did audition a lot of people, but Jim just blew me away, really, and I thought, this is great. Listen, I very rarely show off, really, but we got wonderful reviews. A couple of them said it was better than the production at the National. <laughs> they because, did. well, they could, have, they could fucking understand it, really. <laughs> I, I have to say it, listeners. Uh, Kathy is an amazing director. Yes. That, that, you know, she doesn't like receiving the flowers in real time. It changed my career, my life. Uh, You're just fantastic. And... Uh, um, we're just glad that you've managed to squeeze us in, oh, darling. Always, always. As I said, you changed my life, Kev. Right, so I think we're going to kick off with you being fucking dead, mate. All right. But before we get into your death... <laughs> my last supper you know mm. it'd be something very heavy this nigerian dish called egusi you know it's sort of like you can have it with fish or chicken it's got like spinach in it and pumpkin seeds i think pounded yam oh. and uh, i'd have some plantain with it and you know you eat it with your hands you nice. know, a bowl of water yeah. it's so heavy yeah. by the time you finish it you are almost dead. You're asleep. <laughs> You're asleep, you know. You try and watch a, a But TV. fish and spinach sounds a bit light, so... Well, it's... But but, but mixed in with, like, the, the pounded jam. Oh, I you see. Know? So, yeah, and, can be quite Yeah, heavy. and then with some plantain on yeah. it as well, you know. Nice. Uh, that would be my last supper, you know. And a nice bottle of uh, uh, super malt and a can of ginger beer. What's super malt? Super malt. It's like a nice, like... Uh, 
almost like a, I think it's like a vitamin malted drink mm. that, you know, for me, it's a classic black cultural drink that you would you would have at all the parties. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Especially like a lot of the Nigerian parties. Is it alcoholic? Uh, no, 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 no. It's alcoholic free. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can get super malt with some ginger beer in it as well. Oh. You know? So like that for me is my last supper. And I just think, yeah, I would sleep with a massive smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would set you off for the death. Yeah. Quite yeah. nicely. And any place or anyone made this dish for you that just surpassed everybody else's? <sighs> um, I would say maybe from a restaurant, uh, 805, uh, you know, in South London. That's, a, that's one of the top, top Nigerian restaurants here in in London, I think getting it from there fresh. Yeah, yeah. You know, none of that. Oh, it took a couple of hours to get to you, and it's a bit cold. It's like freshly made. That would make me smile. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're giving a little publicity there to what's it called again? The uh, restaurant. Eight oh five. Eight oh five. Yeah. To get your a goosey. Yeah. Is that's that right. what you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A goosey. Nice. Juicy <laughs> a goosey. Juicy a goosey. Before you peg it. <laughs> so now we move on to the death. Right, my darling Jimmy Akinbola, the death, as it happened, how have you died? Well, you know, <laughs> I I love food. Yes. I love partying. You do. I love social interactions, like us catching up, you know, uh, over some drinks, mm. being surrounded by my friends, family. I love that. And the way I passed, I was knackered. I'd had a whole day of dancing, conversations, food, drinking, that after I had a big plate of augusi with pounded yam, plantain, ginger beer, and super malt, I fell into a deep, deep sleep. Yes. With a deep inner smile and outer smile. And I never woke up ever again. That's beautiful, Jim. What a way to go. I know. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing, you know? And, and actually, as I was, you know dreaming mm. but actually obviously dying yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just you know it was almost like a flashback of all the amazing experiences i've had in my life you mm. know be it uh one of my 16th birthdays or be it the first time that i saw my brother perform uh, with jamiroquai be it the first time i got to meet the Queen, Kathy Burke. Oh, and I thought you were talking about the real, the, the Queen that's died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, but uh, yeah, she didn't get to give me uh, my MBE. So maybe we could do that up there. We, we did that. Up there. Yes, old Queenie will be waiting for you up there. And um, well, that sounds great because you are very sociable, Jim. You do like being out and about and uh, you like gathering, pe- getting people together as well, didn't you? I like cultivating, yeah, communities, yeah. you know, connection. Um, I get energy from it, Kath, do you uh-huh. know what I mean? I get energy for it. I, I can be on my own, mm. you know what I mean? I'm very comfortable being on my own. There are times when suddenly I'm like, no one can get me. I'm sort of, I say it, I'm out of office. But yeah. the majority of time, it's a particular type of people. I think people that inspire me, continue to challenge me, people that also are just able just to talk about other things outside of the business, Kev. Yes. You know, we can get, it's like talking about acting, films and stuff like that. I That's love, it. I love it when you can talk to people and like we can just, I don't know, just talk about travelling or, yeah. or or flowers or... Actually, <laughs> or the football. Or the football, you, yeah. I'm you a love big the fo- football. I'm a big football Because you were going to be a footballer at one point, weren't you? <clears> that was your... 
Yeah, I can hear all my family going, oh, look at him. <laughs> he, he always says that. I could have been, I could have been. But um, seriously, I started late. I had a couple of clubs sort of sniffing around me when I was about 16, 17. But when I say I started late, everybody that are listening, I feel like if you're eight or nine and you're on certain people's books, be it West Ham, because mm. I'm from East London or Arsenal, then you are naturally on a trajectory where you have a great chance. Right. But the later you start, the harder it is. So Ian yes. Wright talks about his story. He didn't start into his early 20s. Right. So I had that story in the back of my mind. Uh -huh. But then I went from playing football on Saturday and Sundays to going to Evan Forest College to do performing arts. And then the thespian arrow hit me. <laughs> Suddenly I couldn't, it's too cold, Kaf, to, yes. <laughs> to go out and play on a Saturday and a Sunday. I've got mud in my nails now. <laughs> I was like, it, the, the shift was so quick. And I always talk about this uh, moment where I only did performing arts to abide time. I yeah. had two years to kill while I was trying to be a footballer. Right. And my first assignment was to do a monologue. Yeah. It could be fact or fiction. And I wrote it. I wish I, I lost it. I wish I still had the, the monologue on paper. I remember writing it down and I performed it, Kath, like a monologue slash stand-up piece. Nice. And I was very growing up influenced by people like Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Uh-huh. So and it was based off the time that I met my uh, biological brother that was a year older than me, Shegan, Shegan Akambola. Yeah. You know, and uh, I talked about us meeting for the first time, going out to the West End, Trocadero, and then getting arrested. <laughs> oh, okay. you told me that. Yeah, I told yeah. I that story, yeah. Oh, my God. And I got a standing ovation, and it was in that moment. Yeah. Honestly, the arrow hit me. It just, I was like, oh, I love this feeling. Yeah. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to go to drama school, not university, because I don't want to just talk about stuff. Uh -huh. I'm a doer. And then I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to start working. Bit naive, but also so focused. Yeah. I was 16 years old, and I've not looked back since. I did try and keep the football up, but if I'm honest, there was only one winner. The audience become the football crowd. The stage became the pitch for me. Yes. And then the competitiveness of what it takes to be a footballer was me. I got to try and be the best that I can be as an actor and and be flexible, do yeah. comedy, do drama, do everything. Well, great. Well, so you've pegged it. How how are the uh, pe how are people going to respond to this? Do you dying, Jim? You know what? I think there'll be a little bit of tears, but if people <laughs> know me, they know I, I'm a I'm a man that loves to laugh. Mm -hmm. You know, to share and experience joy. Yeah. So I think after the few tears, I think there'd be a lot of like social events and parties. You know nice. what I mean? And, you know, and because they, they knew that's what I loved, bringing people together, uh -huh. you know? And it would involve food, music, <laughs> good people. And um, I think uh, there'd be a lot of, like, uh, people sharing their memories, you know? I'm sure there'd be some funny ones as well as some... <laughs> he was a nightmare, though. He did this to me. I didn't like that. <laughs> but, but no, overall, yeah, yeah. I think it would be like, yeah, he was... Was a great guy, big heart. Yeah, did, yeah, lived his life, did his thing. And what more can you want than great guy with a big heart? I mean, yeah. that that's beautiful. But what about your acting roles, Jim? Because you've always got so much work lined up. Yeah. So who's going to take over? Who's going to do your roles? Uh, yeah, I mean, who's going to take over? Um, you know what? I think because she's always, uh, she's always in my ear. 
she's always online, um, phoning me. I think it would have to be one of my best friends. I, I call her my uh, industry wife, Chizzy Akadulu. Oh, you yes. You know, you know, I mean, she's trying to Lovely take Chizzy. over on Sorry I Didn't Know and be the host of that show. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's yeah. low-key just trying to take that position. But I think, for me, she's such a underrated actress, you know. Yes, I've directed Chizzy as well. Chizzy is a fine actor and I think she should be focusing more on on that now and what publication would your obituary be in Jim where do you think that this oh, is going to be written Kath what? come on you know what it would be it would be Instagram oh come Instagram on. Yeah. yeah but you know <laughs> I mean, forget the papers you know put on Instagram yeah you know you got complete control of it everybody sees it at the same time in real time it can be shared you know some of those people that don't read a lot of people don't read the papers anymore yeah the papers are dying man and uh, well some of, we want to keep the good ones going yeah online what? and stuff but yeah, it's sort of lovely, isn't it, that the people, their voice is outweighing mm -hmm. the voice of these individuals that usually hold all the power. Power, the shift, Kathy. You can yeah, really feel yeah. the shift. It's, yeah. it's good. Mm. So I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be Instagram, you know what I mean? You know, get the copy done before I take my big last sleep. Yeah. And, you know, maybe put some videos with it, do a little, little, little <laughs> real Instagram reel. <laughs> a little show reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of all your great achievements. Achievements, my little <laughs> moments. <laughs> Beautiful. And do you have any regrets, Jim? Any Ooh. regrets in life? Getting personal, Kev. I didn't know. Yeah. Is my publicist still here? I didn't know I was going to get asked <laughs> this sort of stuff. Regrets. No, I tell you what. One of my biggest regrets is that um, I uh, didn't keep up my flexibility. <laughs> I can't sit cross-legged, Kev. Jim. I know. What the fuck? Uh, I've been told because my, my tings are so big. You Your know? what? <laughs> my tings. Your tings? My, 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 my Your... penis, can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Your, penis, <laughs> Your penis and testicles it's, it's too phallic. big. It's so white, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> the girth that the, I can't bring my legs down when I sit cross-legged. No, sorry, sorry. It's probably going to get cut. But the real thing is... <laughs> it won't. Even Ed, the engineer's going like, right, you know. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. I used to be able to do like like long... I used to do martial arts and do high kicks and yeah. almost get quite low doing the splits. But I've never been able to sit cross-legged. Right. You know, I did a play at the National where Ramiana, we were all sit, 20 of us, yeah. all in a circle uh -huh. in front of the, on the Olivier stage. Yeah. I'm the only one where my, my, my legs are up, my <laughs> knees are touching my ears, where um, everybody else's knees are sort of flat on the ground. Yeah. So I've never been able to do it. So that's one regret that I didn't sort of, <laughs> you know, start yoga when I was four so I could sit properly. And the other <laughs> regret is that I didn't learn multiple languages. You know? uh, yes. I can't speak my own language which is Yoruba uh -huh. I wanted to we was taught French at school but it went in one ear went in out the other yeah Spanish Italian and Chinese Mandarin yeah or Cantonese, Cantonese yes Cantonese or Mandarin yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love to hear the language that's a big big regret of mine well I think that's I think that's quite a common regret actually that people oh I wish I'd learnt another language it's either that or I wish I'd learnt an instrument Oh, or another language. What's yours, Kev? What's yours? I don't regret nothing. <laughs> yeah. I am fucking great. Everything has been wonderful. I don't need to change a thing. <laughs> no, I've got lots of regrets, but it's not about me, Jim. It's about you. So now we're going to get on to... Animal 
vegetable or mineral. So what would you like to be reincarnated as, Jim? A dog. A dog? Yeah. That's a very popular choice. Yeah. And yeah. I think because, I, you know, I, I live a lot in LA now, I see the lives that they live, man. The dogs in LA. <laughs> Calf, they've got like hotels in Beverly Hills. Yeah. No. I went into a coffee shop. There was no chairs for me. It was a dog's coffee shop. Americans are fucking Seriously, mad. Seriously, they therapists. Get the massages. Dog therapy. Yeah, Leave it yeah, out. Yeah. First class flights, you know. Um, what else? I saw one dog, he had a pair of uh, Nikes on. You know what I mean? Nike trainers, you know, Burberry jackets, sunglasses, front seat of the BMW. Some people, this is the problem with the world. Some people have got too much money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it needs to be more equal and then poor little doggies won't be forced into trainers because I do not believe there's any dog that likes being dressed up. I don't know, Kev. Some of those LA dogs, though. There's you know, you know when they do the poo? Yeah. Like, they're looking at their owner like, well, you know what to do? Pick it up. No, they do. <laughs> they do. That. They look they at do. They're like, come on, come on. And then uh, a lot of them, they're not used to walking, so they have to be held by their owners. Leave so you, so you go on a dog is... trail, you got owners just walking their dogs but holding them. You know Jeez. what I mean? I, I look at that and go, wow. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> and what sort of dog would you be? Do you want to be a little one then so that you could I be think, picked up and held? I and... think I'd be a little one, yeah. I mean, like, we had a. I was growing up in Plasto, East London, and I had this little uh, Yorkshire Terrier, Scottish Yorkshire Terrier, Angus. Oh. He used to follow me everywhere. You know, I'd be like, go back, go back. But I used to, he was small enough that you could hold him. But also he, do you know that small dog mentality? Yes. Be like shouting at the big dogs, you know? Yeah, yeah. There'd be a dog that would be under this fence, like massive like Doberman or something like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then Angus would pee on the dog's nose. (laughs) (laughs) That's not... I run off. Little dog's revenge. Yes. Just, you know. Yeah. Do you remember... um, because uh, I've talked about shenanigans. My dear departed oh, doggy yeah, on here many a time. But Jim, do you remember that time when you were staying at mine? Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just in the early days of phones having photos. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When you could take a photo. And Jimmy stayed over and uh, was in the spare room. And you sent me this picture going, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Shani. And Shani basically woke you up licking you. <laughs> But the tongue was going, she was going ape shit. And we realised it's because of your cocoa butter moisturiser. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And shenanigans was just licking you like you were a big old ice cream. She was just having the time of her life. She was having the time of her life. Oh, I do remember that. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans. She loved you. There was we only a, a few people she really loved. There's a handful of you and you were one of them. Oh, but anyway... So, excellent choice. You will come back as a lovely little yeah. L.A. doggy who's panda too. And, <laughs> oh, gee, I mean, that sort of nonsense, really, I don't know. But anyway, so now we're going to move on to... The Funeral. So, lovely listeners, before we get into hearing all about Jimmy's funeral, if you find yourself wanting to hear more fun, death-related phronics, head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus chat from our dead good guests 
and read through your real-life funeral tales. It's one of life's inevitables, along with birth, taxes and spurs being shite. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, you get all episodes of the podcast completely ad-free. The dream. So... To find out how to subscribe, just go to where there's a will, there's a wake.com. Okay, so back to this fantasy world, Jimmy. So it's happened. You're dead. And now it's the big day of the funeral. So where are we having it? What's going on? Kath, we are in sunny Barbados. Well, you are, not we. (laughs) I won't be going there, babe. <laughs> Only because of the hot weather. But anyway, but, but but I mean, I'd love to have gone to somewhere like Barbados, but with my um, dodgy blood, I can't be anywhere too hot. But anyway, it's not about me; it's about you. <laughs> it's nice to know you would have been there in spirit. <laughs> um, I'd be looking down, going, "Where's Kathy? Oh, Jim, you forgot she doesn't like the heat. Um, but yeah, Barbados. Mm. Um, on a nice little beach. Yeah. You know, everybody's just got their, you know, the sunglasses on. There's some music. There's some uh, beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the, the smells of, like, fish, fresh fish, chicken. Oh, being uh, cooked, you mean? Yeah, being yeah. cooked, you know. Uh, be on a Friday. They have this thing called Oysters. Oysters Friday. And you know, so there's, and that's a bit of like a, a carnival day on a Friday where all the markets sell all the different or traditional uh, Bayesian foods. Uh-huh. And um, and yeah, Kath, and there'll be DJ, there'll be music, there'll be with the kids. Everybody just be so happy because they're in heaven, Barbados, yes. small little island as well. It's not nice. that big. You can you know get round it in forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So how would you arrive then? Horse and car, or how are you going to come in the coffin? How? Oh, Kath, yeah. come on. I thought about this. Yeah. I've been a, on a yacht. I want a yacht. On a yacht. You know? <laughs> so there'd be another party for the, yeah. the close groups of people, my family, you know, be on a big, big yacht. Yeah. Coming in, you know. <laughs> nice. And then I think you can't beat that. Arriving in a big, big one of those big white yachts. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Nice big flash yacht. Big flash yacht. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Maybe I will come. <laughs> because also on the yacht, you get a nice bit of sea breeze. There you, you go. Say. So Some I could shade. stay on the yacht. There you go. There you go. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, Goddess Charlie, are you feeling all right? No, Cathy, I feel awful. I'm riddled with virus. Oh, well, get out of this booth. I'm already full of lurgy. I don't want to get another one. Oh, no, not like that. I'm fit as a fiddle, fresh as a daisy, strong as an ox. I get it, goddess. What's up, then? I'm exposed. I'm vulnerable, Cathy. My computer's been hacked. Oh, goddess, what were you thinking? Didn't your parents teach you about protection? I know, I know. But I've done my research and there is help out there. Have you heard of NordVPN? They're the Batman, the Luther of cybercrime. 
Ooh, that does sound attractive. But I'm not one of those tech-savvy types. I bet it's the right faff to get it set up. No, it's just one click on the NordVPN app and you're protected. Your computer condom is on. Hurrah! Exactly. Their threat protection feature shields your devices from viruses, malicious malware and phishing sites. Also, one NordVPN account can be used on up to six devices. Plus, you can get access to streaming services in other regions. Lovely. I bet that costs a pretty penny. Note all that for the price of a cup of coffee per month. Blimey. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash where there's a will. Our link will also give you four extra months plus a bonus gift. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support our podcast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. So how about the people coming to the funeral? I mean, is there anyone that you absolutely would not want there? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, well, Donald Trump, he ain't getting in. Yeah. Um, Mr. Farage. Mr. You know, Nigel, Farage. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel. Nigel, deserve Nigel. Any, no respect. Same, mate. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because I forgot his first name. I was like, yeah. what is it? Is it, is it Michael, <laughs> Nigel? That's good. Uh, they're all the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, who else would not be invited? I think whoever got the role over me when <laughs> I went out for Black Panther 6. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who else would I be? I think that's uh, that's fine. We know, <laughs> we know, we don't want there. Yeah, we don't want bigoted assholes. No. So they won't be let in, Jim. Thank you, thank you very much. Music. What sort of music are you going to come in and out to? You know, the coffin as you enter and leave this beautiful Bayesian beach. You know what? My brother Shola Akambola mm. is an amazing singer-songwriter. Yes, he's you know part of the Jamaican band, but he's got his own a band. He's working his own album at the moment. Nice, uh, uh, Lauren Hill. Oh, lovely! And uh, you know what? We might even have a little bit of karaoke. Oh, might yeah. be just yeah. And yeah. what what's your karaoke song then, Jim? <clears throat> Is this the moment where I have to sing or? Yes. No, 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 I can't, yes. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't, I can't. Oh, you can just tell us. <clears throat> I will tell you, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, cast out the moment going, Jimmy, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Just tell us, just tell us, do not lose lose the listeners. Um, my karaoke song is the same song I used to use for my auditions for musicals until I realised I can't sing. Yeah. It's When I Fall in Love. By Nat King Cole. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've really got to be able to sing to sing that, <laughs> that song, Jim. I can't believe you used to do that auditions. I, I know, Kath. I don't know. I, I It's because I think it's a bit croony, right? Yeah. You can talk it through. But I think... Talk it through. <laughs> yeah, going out for musical. I'll just talk it through. I know. I think going out for Jesus Christ Superstar and then The Lion King and trying to sing that song to Pippa Alien... 
that was the moment I realized I'm not a musical theater actor <laughs> and I need to leave it alone. But yeah, yeah. when I fall in love, it will be forever. Um, and isn't she lovely as well? Oh, uh, Stevie Wonders. So Stevie would definitely be there. Steve would be there. Yeah. Steve would be, Stevie would be uh, steering the yacht. Uh, mm, might be a problem. Stevie Wonder being in charge of Trust the yacht. I've seen him, Kev. I've seen him. I've seen him in LA. If he can go from the chair to the mic without help, he can, He can. you know. Are you going to trust that? You're yeah, going to trust the bl- yeah, most famous blind man in the world yeah. to steer, steer the yacht? Come on, you've seen. I think he can see. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Between That's, me and you, don't I think he can see. You think it's all been a con. I mean, have you seen him play? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... He's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a genius. Genius. Right. Well, lovely. Well, um, so your soul has now left this mortal world, right? So who would you want to be greeting you at the pearly gates? Can I take a moment? <laughs> Just because I can feel my soul leaving, you know? Oh, you're crying about yourself, Jim? Yeah, it's because it's... Fuck it's, it's, you it's, now. It's, it's the a... ego of the actor <laughs> is extraordinary. It was just the way you said it, uh, like just, your soul's leaving. Oh, it was a bit like that movie, was it, <laughs> Ghost? Do you know, with Patrick Swayze and Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you just see the spirit leaving. So that's how you're imagining yourself and it's making you cry. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, my brother... Shagan Akinbola will be the first person. Yes, because you yeah. sadly lost Shagan yeah. quite recently, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I miss him dearly. And yeah, I think he's he's been an angel looking over me since. And, you know, I've, I've received a lot of blessings. Yeah, I would rather him still be here, but I do feel like some of the blessings I've got uh, from his guidance above. But also my mum and dad. We we lost a lot of people at the same. You did. Time. It was one after. I remember you lost your foster father first. Yes. Yeah. And then your beautiful brother. Yeah. And then your biological mum yeah. and your biological father. So the four of them. Wow, Jim. This was a lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. Okay. All within like the space of like four years. Was oh, it? Well, yeah. Actually, it was less than that. All in the space of a year and a half. You know, it was almost really? just just Jim. before pandemic. You know, just freaking hell, mate. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, wow. So we have, as a family, been through it, and uh, my brother Shegan has a uh, amazing thirteen-year-old son that he left behind called Io, and so he's lost two grandmas. You know. Mm. And a granddad, and so so to meet my family first, that would that would be amazing. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, right. So yes, and so now we've got the eulogy, and who's giving us the eulogy, Jim? My my mum, Gloria Crow. Um, she decided to step up. There were a lot of offers, but <laughs> <laughs> I allowed my mum because I know she she knows me the best, and she raised yeah. me. She. She made me be the man I am today, so do your thing, Mum. Hope it went well. Looking back over Jimmy's life, I was just remembering when he first came with us and because he was so small, he didn't know many words, but he knew clocks and birds, but he didn't call them clocks and birds, he called them cocks and dicks. <laughs> we always had a lot of trouble trying to get him to have a wash, and when I said one day, Jimmy, go up and have a bath. Have you had a wash, a bath lately? And he said, 
no, I don't need one. I went swimming last Thursday, what was about a week ago. <laughs> um, it's nice in his later years. We see him in his designer clothes. He always had a desire for them. He used to nick his big brother's, Dean's clothes, wear them and put them back in his drawer all sweaty and dirty. <laughs> one day he was sitting, sitting on my lap telling me what a beautiful face I had. He was saying, Mum, you're so beautiful. I love your nose. And I'm going, oh, thank you. I love your smile. And I said, thank you. And then he said, and I like all oh, those pretty little lines around your eyes. I went, yeah, go and play now, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and the time when him and Adam were fighting over the Twix and it fell on the floor and the dog ate it. <laughs> <and the> tears. <laughs> Now I'm not there to guide you anymore, Jim. Make sure you wash behind your ears, put your sunblock on and make sure you eat your greens. You was a star on earth, now you're a star in heaven. Goodbye, Jim. See you later. Right, is that it? (laughs) Oh, my God, that was divine. (laughs) Isn't it funny the things you remember (coughs) as a parent, you Mm. know? Went that time when they fought over the tricks yeah. and the dog. <laughs> I, I was in tears. I was in tears. <laughs> and the dog was the dog I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Angus was like, "Oh, thank you very much." But yeah, uh, thank you, Mum. I, I, that was that was beautiful. Oh, it's very special. <laughs> thank you so much, Gloria. Thank you, my darling. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. Short break. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. So... We've done the main service, and now we've got the next big question. Do you want to be... Buried or cremated? Which is it, Jim? Ooh, you know what? I want to be buried, Kath. Do you, babe? Yeah. Go on, mate. Yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah put, me, put me in the ground, you know what I mean? Let me, let me just... Cremation, yeah, the cremation thing mm, doesn't sit right with me. Okay. doesn't sit right with me. I, I want to be buried Yeah, and, you know... And be part of the earth. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't freak you out because some people get a bit freaked out with the idea of it. They're so worms and all that, but you're dead. Yeah, but you're dead. And it's good to be food, I think. It's good to, yeah. I'm of that thinking. It's good to be food, you know what I mean? You know, I consider myself fairly healthy, so, you know, (laughs) (laughs) those worms getting some good protein. (laughs) That's it. But yeah, I I would love to be buried and. there's something about cremation. I'm just, that's not for me. It's not for me. And what about your gravestone? You can have a gravestone or a plaque somewhere. Yeah, I'd have a little gravestone. What would it say? What would it say? Lean in. Lean in? I, yeah, lean in, you know, or leaning in. I'll tell you why. It's like uh, Shegan, God rest his soul, he's up, he's up here with me now. He would always tell me, Jim... Sometimes I can see you, you hesitate, you might have some fears. It's like, it was a, it's a sad moment, actually. It was, you know, it was whew, the last few weeks before he was passing. He was like, there's no fear, like the fear when you're about to go. So uh-huh. these little things you're, you're worrying about, ignore them, just lean into them. Just lean into and, them. And, and, and that's, that's really become my philosophy in life recently in terms of just lean in. You know, whatever might be fearful or not sure, just lean into it, you know? And uh, and I would like that to be on my plaque. And so when my kids and my niece and nephews come to see me and they talk to me, that would be staring back at them. That's beautiful, Jimmy. That is beautiful. Okay, so now we're going to move on to... The Wheel and the Wake... So you've been laid to rest, my friend, but what's happening now? You're gone. What's the wake like? The wake will be maybe slightly different, mm. you know? You know what? I might I, I would have got somebody to produce it, you know, and it'd be a bit more like a variety night. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? A bit like your uh, Triforce. Because try, explain, I think you'll be allowed to talk about this with the uh, mm. old strike going on. Yeah. But just tell the listener about this company you set up with Fraser. Yeah, I set up a company with Fraser Airs and Mini Airs called uh, Triforce Productions. And we started out doing events that were all about inclusivity across film, TV and theatre. And giving platforms for talent to be seen by amazing people like Kathy Burke or agents, casting directors and producers. So we did a an event called Monologue Slam, which is a free actor showcase where actors would do monologues to be seen by agents and casting directors. Then we do a short film festival at BAFTA mm-hmm. called Triforce Short Film Festival. And then we do a, a writer slam. So writers would do seven to ten pages and actors would perform it out in front of writing commissioners and agents. And it was all about us using our contacts and our connects going, look, you keep saying there's not enough diverse talent or we're looking for new writers and actors. And we, as a company, would say, we'll come to our events and we're going to put those type of people in front of you. And so you've been doing that for over 20 years and now we have a production company and we produce as well. And so I think doing all those things and from a selfless point of view and being producers... I think I would get Fraser and Minnie to produce The Wake. Yes. <laughs> and have people doing poetry. Mm. I love poetry. Mm. Stand-up comedy, uh, songs, dance, uh, little little videos, little short films. And again, the energy would be uplifting. There'd yes. be, again, lots of food and music. And I think that would really represent 
and who I was, you know? I think so, absolutely. It's one of the reasons why I love and admire you um, uh, so much, Jim. It's your fell self and Fraser and Minnie. You know, it was sort of the first thing you did with any money that you made. You put it into trifles to help yeah. other people. Yeah. And... Um, and that's quite rare, Jim, because we do sort of look after ourselves as we should do, yeah. you know. Um, but when you started to make a bit of shekel, uh, it was just incredible that you just shared it. Thanks. And I suppose a lot of that has to do with your beautiful upbringing. And, uh, well, the will. I mean, what you got, who's going to get it, babe? Are you gonna, have you got anything to leave? Because you just seem to be giving everything you've got to other people anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I keep some stuff back, Gav. I keep some stuff back. You know what? The will, mm, my children would get a lot, but actually also I would spread it across all my nieces and nephews. Uh -huh. You know, I'm, there's about... 15 20 of them right and um and i and, and i and i sort of want to or give them a piece yeah it's not gonna be much changed over that the big old gang yeah it's true it's true well you know if that actor didn't take that marvel gig off of me that black panther six job yes. <laughs> then we wouldn't be in this position oh i forgot to ask you who you were gonna haunt is it that guy <sighs> who, who are you gonna haunt yes who would i haunt <laughs> who would i haunt that's really interesting it probably would be that guy as well as <laughs> Chizzy Akadulu. <I> <laughs> oh, that would be great if you haunted Chizzy. <laughs> She'd fucking shit herself. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Just moving things every now and again. She'd be like, oh, no, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Switching the channel on her TV to, you know, reruns of my own shows. <laughs> yes, that would be brilliant. Very good idea. So listen, okay. so I just want to know, Jim, what would your... Uh, what would your last words be, do you think? Famous last words. Gosh, what would be my last words? It would be, I lived and I loved and I learned. Fucking hell, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want. <laughs> oh, well. Uh. This has been wonderful, Jimmy Akimbola. Thank you Thanks so much. much for joining us. And uh, it's nearly goodbye, but it's not over yet, really. Oh, oh okay. Because we've got more hilarious bits with Jimmy over on our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your real-life death anecdotes, listeners. So uh, head to where there's a will, there's a wait.com to subscribe. Thank you again for joining us today, Jimmy. You'll be very missed. <laughs> Thank you. I can hear the, the oh, music from He's Ghost. going. Whoa. He's going. Mine, darling. <laughs> he's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. My senior producers are Katie Bowden and Charlie Morell. And my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineer is Ed Gill. The production coordinator is Lily Hambly. Marketing by Emily Webb and Kieran Lancini. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. And the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs>